It's 12.01, The Witching Hour. You're listening to WKMF, Cozy Corner Public Radio. You are cleared for departure. Your destination, the late night fright. Commencing transmission in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Welcome to the Late Night Fright, right here on WKMF Cozy Corner Public Radio. I am Dan, and with me, as always, is my mummified hieroglyphic of a co-host, Faith. Say hi, Faith. Hi, Faith. Today is March 8th, 2021, and you are listening to the 204th edition of our little movie review program. Talking about movies is fun, isn't it, Faith? It's more fun than being wrapped up and buried alive. You know what's more fun than that? Coming back from the dead after being wrapped up and buried alive to exact unholy revenge upon your enemies? Talking about movies with friends. We are so glad all of you are here with us this evening, and we would especially like to welcome any spooks, specters, astral travelers, or interdimensional beings who may be tuning in or here in the studio with us. Welcome, one and all. Tonight we have two films on the slab, two cinematic confections bound together, not only by a title and a monster, but they are also both remakes of a classic universal horror film from 1932, starring the one and only Boris Karloff. Faith, what is the name of all three films I just referenced? The Mummy. First up, we have the 1999 remake starring Brendan Fraser and Rachel Weisz from director Stephen Summers. And what is it going up against tonight? It's going up against the 2017 remake starring Tom Cruise and Sofia Boutella from director Alex Kurtzman. This evening's films are in competition against one another. Faith, what does the winner receive? Not a thing. Excellent. We can afford that. Tonight's films will be judged in the following categories. Overall film, heroic hieroglyphics in which we will spotlight not only the film's lead hero, but their compadres. Malicious Mummification, where our film's monstrous title characters take center stage. And finally, Scary Scarabs, the car- category that dares to ask the question, does this work as a horror movie? In lieu of stars, tonight's films will receive red hot pokers that pull out your brains through your nose. I've been pushing for that. I know you have. We're going to take a very short pause for a coffee cause. Pour yourself a cup of coffee, put your feet up, and get ready to howl at the moon. You are listening to The Late Night Fright. We'll see you on the other side. Count Chocula and Frankenberry meet the Fruity Yummy Mummy. Hey, have a bite. (laughs) It's new Fruity Yummy Mummy cereal. Big. Yummy marshmallows. So monstrously big there. Monster Mellows. With Yummy Mummy Monster Mellows. Fruity Yummy Mummy makes your tummy go yummy. (laughs) Monster Mellows in Frankenberry, Count Chocula, and now new Fruity Yummy Mummy cereal. Part of this complete breakfast. Makes your tummy go yummy. Faith, Brendan Fraser got cast in The Mummy because of the box office success of the film George of the Jungle. Watch out for that tree! What is the name of the first film he had a lead role in? Encino Man. Very good. Who was his co-star in that film? If you know the answer, give us a ring here at the station. There might be a prize in it for you. Ooh, what is it? Not a thing. That's within our budget. Stay tuned for the trailer from 1999's The Mummy. We will see you on the other side. Many men have wasted their lives in the foolish pursuit of Harmonoptra. Most have never returned. I think you found something. (laughs) 
does exist. You have unleashed a creature that we have feared for more than 3,000 years. As the bringer of death, he will never stop. Universal Pictures invites you on an extraordinary adventure. Beyond life and time. Faith, check out this list of directors who were attached to or considered to direct The Mummy before Stephen Summers came on board. Clive Barker, Joe Dante, George Romero, Mick Garris, and Wes Craven. No talent ass clowns. Each and every one of them. In 1992, Universal Studios decided it was time to remake the classic 1932 Boris Karloff film The Mummy and Faith. It makes you wonder, were they sitting around in the executive washroom, surrounded by hookers and blow, trying to drop a deuce, and the idea just came to them in mid-loaf pinch? You know, we we should really remake The Mummy. That's how I get all of my best ideas. Same here. No judgments. Originally envisioned as a low-budget horror franchise, Clive Barker was tapped to direct. When it didn't work out with Clive, the studio went to Joe Dante. When it didn't work out... With Joe Dante, they went to George Romero. When that didn't work out, they approached Mick Garris. When that didn't work out, they approached Wes Craven, and he turned them down. Based on an 18-page treatment, Stephen Summers, who had directed the 1998 cult horror film Deep Rising, got the gig. Until it didn't work out. It worked out. Finally! Summers' approach to the material was to make the mummy into a rousing Indiana Jones-style adventure with the monstrous character of Imhotep, played here by Arnold Vosloo as the creature giving our heroes a hard time. When Tom Cruise, that name's going to come up a little bit later, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Brad Pitt, Ben Affleck, and Matt Damon were either unavailable or not interested. Brendan Fraser was cast as Rick O'Connell, the American adventurer who had served in the French Foreign Legion and came across the ancient city of Hamanoptra, the city of the dead, and the resting place of Imhotep, the high priest who had an affair with Anak Suman, the pharaoh's number one booty call. Rachel Weiss appears as Evelyn Carnahan, an Egyptologist and Rick's love interest. John Hanna appears as Jonathan, her brother. Kevin J. O'Connor is Benny, Imhotep's Renfield-esque servant, and Oded Fair is Ardath Bey, a member of a secret society that watches over Imhotep's resting place. The name should be familiar to fans of the original 1932 film, as that was the alias Karloff's character used. The Mummy, featuring a score by the legendary composer Jerry Goldsmith, opened in theaters on May 7, 1999, just ahead of Star Wars The Phantom Menace, to mixed critical reviews but favorable audience reviews. It spawned two sequels, The Mummy Returns and The Mummy, Tomb of the Dragon Emperor, an animated series, video games, and a spin-off series based on the Scorpion King character introduced in The Mummy Returns. And I think they're still making Scorpion King movies. Faith, please remind our listeners what the categories are tonight. We have overall film, heroic hieroglyphics, malicious mummification, and scary scarabs. And once again, in lieu of stars, the films are receiving... Red hot pokers that pull your brains out through your nose. Since you're so excited about it, Faith, what did you think of the mummy and how many red hot pokers that pull out your brain through your nose <laughs> did you award it? I, I hadn't seen this movie in a long time and I had a lot of fun watching it. I went 3.5 with this movie. I also went 3.5 red hot pokers that pull out your brains through your nose. I want to walk you back a little bit in time to the summer of 1999, to the year of 1999 in general. That was a wonderful year for movies, and the summer that year was incredible. Not only did we have Star Wars, we had The Matrix that came out, we had The Mummy, and The Mummy, nobody expected anything from The Mummy, and it was a really nice surprise mm-hmm. that this movie was so much fun. I have very fond memories of seeing it in the theater. Now I saw it with a French foreign exchange student. 
So I'm, I'm trying not to let that color my perception of seeing the movie. No, it was it, you walked out with a big smile on your face right. after you saw this movie. It was a lot of fun. But 99, we had The Sixth Sense came out that year. American mm-hmm. Beauty was a film that arrived in theaters that year. So a lot of really uh, it was a great movie year. And yeah. this is uh, this was one of the top 10 money makers of the year. And rightfully so. I think yeah. it's a really fun movie. What is it that you like so much about it? And let me tell you this. It had been. Probably since it came out on video in 2000, and I may have seen part of it on TV since then, but it all came back. Yeah, watching it, it. so it's it, been a it, while been a since while. I've seen it. No, it's just it's it's very fun. It, it is it it does have that Indiana Jones thing going on, and, and everybody loves Indiana Jones <laughs> movies, you know. So I feel like that was fun. I feel like it tied in a lot of comedic stuff, some good horror stuff, really good action adventure. It's just really fun to watch. It pulls you in for most of the movie. I feel I feel like what this movie sets out to do, uh, it establishes its tone very early on right. in the movie. And I feel like it nailed it keeps nailing that tone, mm-hmm. uh, scene after scene after scene. It never gets too uh, it never gets too scary. I don't feel no. like it's very scary. And that's gonna be no. my only real knock on the movie. I don't feel like it's a very scary movie, but that's okay. Yeah. Uh, it's a fun movie. Mm-hmm. And as a fan of 1932's film, I feel like this does pay homage and is very reverential toward the Karloff film without right. being that a film. knockoff of it. Right. And what I like about this movie, did you catch this? It feels like four different movies. So like the first 30 minutes, you get the introduction um mm-hmm. The Legend of Imhotep, which hews real close to the 32 film. Mm-hmm. Then you get uh, the introduction to Brendan Fraser's Rick and Hamunaptra. And then you get uh, Rachel Weiss and John Hanna. So we're setting up for the adventure. The second part, we're going on the trek. Then the third part, where they're in London, really then feels like 1932's right. Mummy. And then you get the last 30 minutes, which is the resolution of everything in the final battle mm-hmm. with the creature. And I really, really like it and i'm going to echo what roger ebert the great late great critic said about it i don't know if it's a great movie but i had a lot of fun watching it and it's inconsequential but it doesn't matter because it's it's kind of pure entertainment it's yeah. and it's, it's a lot of fun well it's one of those movies that it, the pacing's really well it keeps you entertained there's never a moment where you just kind of you know fade off with it you're really kind of tuned into it the whole time yeah and i feel like watching this too it makes you I feel like I've said it before, but it makes you realize how movies today are so different because I feel like a lot of movies now I kind of just fade out from and this watching. And this is 25, only 25 years. Yeah. Only 25 years. I feel like it's changed so much. It really has. It really has. Yeah. And I want to say this. I feel that the special effects in this movie really hold up well. Mm-hmm. It, it One of my biggest gripes with CGI is it feels weightless at times. And mm-hmm. this feels like you could reach out and touch a lot of this. Yeah. And I felt like it really... Uh, looked real and felt like yeah. it had weight on screen. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought they were really well done. And this is in the infancy of the CGI and the digital. And this is one of those ones kind of like Terminator 2 that really, uh, it holds up really well. Yeah, and I there were so some too. really interesting looks in the movie too. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have a fully animated figure moving, you know, when he's in his uh, kind of decomposed, yeah. uh, what did they say, juicy face. <laughs> Yeah, it was juicy and something. Ju- yeah, tender real, and juicy, or something tender and like juicy. That. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> and uh, I just, I just feel like it, it. It's amazing to me when a movie strikes a tone, knows what tone it's going mm-hmm. for, strikes it, and then keeps it throughout the movie. Right. And you can just really enjoy the movie. Yeah. And, it, and it's it's a really good ride. And I'm going to echo Roger Ebert. Is it a great movie? <laughs> I, I don't know. You know, I don't know what constitutes a great movie, but, but had a fun time I had a fun it. time watching it and it didn't um, didn't make me mad. Yeah, did, exactly. I didn't feel like it insulted my intelligence there when you, I was yeah, watching it. It felt like uh, it did feel like a throwback to Indiana Jones, but I didn't feel like it was ripping Indiana Jones off. It feels like a throwback to Carlos film. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel like it was ripping it off, you know, and it felt yeah. very reverential and and. and at the end of the day, it does feel like it's kind of doing its own thing, and it yeah. does feel like a kind of a classic '40s Universal film, mm-hmm. you know. So, uh, before we get too far into this, I, I, I should have brought this up. What do you think of the '32 Mummy with Karloff? Oh, I love it. That's one of my favorites. I absolutely love it. Yeah, it's a it's a really good movie, and they really hit the beats here mm-hmm. with with the reincarnation or not reincarnation, but the lost love and right. him. Yeah, it's it's. <laughs> 
This is really good stuff. It, it really is. It really is good stuff. So our next category is heroic hieroglyphics. And we're not only looking at Brendan Fraser, we're also looking at Rachel Weiss and John Hanna and and really the characters that you know go on this adventure here mm-hmm. that are not Imhotep mm-hmm. or Benny, <laughs> as it is, played by the great Kevin J. O'Connor. Uh, how did you score heroic hieroglyphics? I went three here. I really enjoyed most of the people in it. I feel like there weren't a lot of... Mo- I feel like there weren't people in it that I... Let me re- rephrase what I'm trying to say. I didn't want anything bad to happen to most of them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like I, I really enjoyed most of them in the film. I want to let's talk about Brendan Fraser. This is the highest commercial, I think, grossing movie that he's done. He's done uh, a lot of movies, and he's been in award-winning movies. He's done family. He's kind of run the gamut mm-hmm. of, of things, and uh, I think he's a really likable presence. Yeah. I think he's an extremely likable presence, and this is a great coup that they got him. I think um, his take on the material was he didn't want to take it too seriously because he said if he took it too seriously, the audience couldn't couldn't go on the ride with him and he feels like a throwback to like the 30s and mm-hmm. 40s guys yeah, he does. and he's got a little bit of the harrison ford vibe a little bit a of little it bit. not but it doesn't feel like he's trying to do harrison ford as indiana no. jones and he's he's one of these great movie heroes he's got a line for everything he kind of um he's not gonna let you see him sweat you know right. uh but he does get scared in a few parts, you know, and, and I, I like his performance a lot. It, it's too. not a performance where the character is growing as the movie goes mm-hmm. on. No, it's a guy you need to like him and you need to want to, you know, follow him on this adventure. Right. And, and uh, you know, he's a traveling companion. So mm-hmm. and I think he I think he succeeds for the most part yeah, in that I think so. endeavor. And uh, yeah, he's, he's a lot of fun. He's a lot yeah, of fun. I had really no problem. The with guy him. handles humor really, really yeah, well. Yeah, I think so. What'd you, what'd you give it? I went uh, three as well. I also went three. Uh, I, I like the core group mm-hmm. around them. Uh, I, th- I love the brother Jonathan. What's his real name? John Hanna. John Hanna, John Hanna steals the he, damn movie for me. You, you had texted me that when, after you watched it, and I, I didn't remember. I couldn't remember much of him. But yeah, he, <laughs> he and, pretty much stole it from they me, use, too. They use him so well. He's not... He's in it. Obviously, he's in the, f- the entire right. film, the entirety of the film, but... He's not throwing jokes up at the screen. It's yeah. just these little itty bitty things. Some of it is what he's saying. Some of it's how he's saying it. Some of it's a little look. Mm-hmm. My favorite moment with him is the Imhotep moment where he where he falls in with the zombified, yes. <laughs> you know, people. And he's just he's a lot of fun, and yeah. he feels like a side character from a '40s film. Mm-hmm. Uh, he really does. This whole cast feels like it would fit in with, I believe, it's called the Mummy's Tomb. The names of the Universal sequels. Uh, escape me sometimes, but I believe it's The Mummy's Tomb, which is the first sequel to the Karloff film. It's really not a sequel. It's kind of more of a reboot. And it's a wonderfully fun um, fun film, and it reminded me a lot of the 99 reminds me of that film a lot. And uh, same kind of thing. you got a group of people going on an adventure, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of humor with it. And this feels kind of like that group. And uh, he's a lot of fun. I think Rachel Weisz is really great oh, in this. I think... So, I uh, you know, the little bits with her and knocking over the library uh, shelves and all that. I like that she's serving the purpose of ha- having the intelligence and stuff and kind of knowing, you know, this information, this Egyptian information that even he doesn't know. It's, you know. Right. I like nice. I like that the the core group, the trio mm-hmm. of John Hanna and Rachel Weiss and Brendan Fraser all kind of need each other. Mm-hmm. They're You know, they all need each other to make it where they're going to survive the adventure and they, they and uh not one of them carries more weight than the other you know they mm-hmm. could easily make it to where the rachel vice character is kind of emasculating brendan fraser or her brother she doesn't do that and right. and uh there's a nice uh, nice girl power me- uh, message in it but it's not overpowering mm-hmm. you know right i think it's a really great group of uh actors I think so, what do you too. think about the then the other group we have because we do have some other adventures mm-hmm. uh and i like the uh those I guys no too problem with them i mean i feel like they add that little bit of you know adventure to the movie and they're they're funny and <laughs> my favorite bit is uh when they're in hominoptera and i think the scarabs are after the guys and brendan fraser our trio is sitting there mm-hmm working on you know a dig site or whatever and they're they're in like the tomb and they're running from these scarabs and one goes run you sons of bitches <laughs> yes <laughs> and it's just it's really great and i mean 
really well cast. I yeah, think, I, I think, think so. And uh, Odette Fair as Ardeth Bay is a lot of fun mm-hmm. too. And he reminds me of something right out of like Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Yeah. So that brings us to our next category malicious mummification looking at arnold Vosloo as imhotep how did you score how did you score it i, I want to see how you I scored. went three five okay i really liked what he was doing he said in an interview uh he loved the script he loved the humor he says but i have to play it straight he says please let me play it straight do my thing with this and not do karloff and kind of do my own thing and i think the more I got to thinking about it after I'd watched the movie, what a wonderful presence he is physically, and he's a threat to them mentally, mm-hmm. and I love that he speaks only in Egyptian, and I love that uh, he, there, there was one scene in particular where he smiled when he did something, yeah. he had a little smirk, and I like his look with that bald head, and I like mm-hmm. how big he is, and I feel like, I don't feel like he's Karloff, mm-hmm. he's not, Who is, who's going to be Karloff, right, but uh I like what he's doing here. I really yeah. like what he's doing. How did you score him? I kind of split it kind of down the middle. I went two with him. Okay. <laughs> because because I was comparing him to Karloff pretty much. Understandable. He, he's so much different than Karloff. And I feel like maybe the look of him kind of threw me off just a hair. I don't feel like he's maybe necessarily, I don't know. He doesn't have this, the look I would expect. And that's yeah. not a bad thing. I just still, I guess I'm comparing it to Karloff and just yeah. putting it there with those eyes and everything, and yeah. just the presence of it. But I don't hate him at all. I think he's I really, I think he's really, really enjoyed him. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, his performance is and wonderful. Kevin J. O'Connor's Benny is a lot of fun, too. Mm-hmm. How much fun is Kevin J. O'Connor's Benny? I mean, and a lot of the humor from this film comes from the interactions between Kevin J. O'Connor and uh, Brendan Fraser. Yeah. They have wonderful <laughs> chemistry together. And, uh, but I, I liked Foslu. I really, really liked him. And I I don't know. It's not uh, something I would want to do following Karloff. Right. You know, I wouldn't want to do that. And I feel like I, I feel like he was uh, very passionate, mm-hmm. you know, in, in the introduction with Anaksuman. And mm-hmm. I feel like um, he's a bad guy, but you kind of feel where he's coming from a little bit, right. you know, and and uh, I dig it. And I like the look of him when he's a. Uh, when he's all mangled yeah. and all that. And I like the whole thing where he has to get the organs back. And so he's stealing eyes and things yeah, like that, this. That is and so cool. I like, I like what they did with the character and how he, how he did it. Yeah. I, and I think, um, I, don't, I think if he doesn't work, this movie, you know, it's kind of, doesn't really work. Kind of doesn't well. really work. Yeah. yeah. Especially the way that it's constructed Yeah, because it's not a horror film per se, but you have a, yeah. a nice antagonist, you know, right. going up. And, uh, yeah, yeah. I think, I think he's a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I I don't hate him at all. I think his performance was was so good. I have to not compare him to Karloff. I can't, I uh, it's understandable though. It's understandable. <laughs> it's, so it's our difficult. final our final category: scary scarabs. So does this work as a horror movie? Is, you know, that's that's the question here. Uh-huh. I went two five on it. I did too because <laughs> it's not really a horror movie. No, I would classify it as that action adventure movie with horrific things thrown in. Not necessarily nightmarish things, but yeah. I mean, somebody's eyeballs are missing. That is pretty, yeah. pretty yeah. creepy. I mean, yeah, you know, it, it feels like <laughs> later Universal films, like we've talked about House of Frankenstein mm-hmm. and House of Dracula. Those aren't comedies, you know. Right. But it feels like kind of more like one of those films, mm-hmm. and maybe like the classic golden period of the '30s. But uh, no, it's it's got enough stuff in it to where you're like, yeah. ooh, you know, kind of right. like an Indiana Jones movie. Ooh, mm-hmm. you know, you have those scarabs, which are pretty, pretty nasty. Yeah. You know, <laughs> but uh, it's fun. It's yeah, fun. I'm like yeah. you hit the nail on the head. It's it's a it's the action adventure action adventure film. Yeah. 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 It's and, extra and comedy. It, it's got some horror things in it. Yeah. And those old Universal movies did did that, too. Exactly. <laughs> You just don't have that real creepy vibe, though, like you get that Karloff movie. The thing is, was I missing it? Not necessarily, because yeah. I had so much fun watching it that I wasn't, you know, wishing it was darker. Right. You know. Um, we're going to see this with the other film, uh, but we can go ahead and say it now. So it really, though... They've done The Mummy several times now. The Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing did it for Hammer. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were sequels uh, Hammer Studios did. There were sequels Universal did. And, and still, you know, we have two remakes of the 32 film, and they really haven't remade the 1932 film. They really haven't right. done that movie mm-hmm. still. This one comes closer than the one we're going to talk about. 
in a minute. I think we both have some things to say about the 2017 I movie. I have some things to say things. about it. Let's wrap this up. I think this is just a really wildly enjoyable and fun movie. This is a movie that does not insult your intelligence. It's a wonderful piece of escapist entertainment. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think it says anything deeper than what than than what it's is on the screen. You right. know, it's a really wonderful movie, and it makes me long for the days of guys like Brendan Fraser when they were kind of in these bigger kind of movies like this. Exactly. And he's still around. I mean, he's in Doom Patrol. Uh, on the DC, uh, well, HBO Max now, but a really wonderful DC Comics property, and he's playing a robot man, which is a riff on Frankenstein. I mean, he's he's still out there doing it, and uh, but I miss kind of missing those days. Mm-hmm. That, and that summer in '99, I'm telling all of you out there, that was a wonderful summer. If you weren't there, <laughs> it was. You had Star Wars, and you, know, you had uh, all these really wonderful films out at yeah. the same time. This was one of them that was out, and took a lot of us by surprise. Me. Especially because I'm such a fan of the Karloff movie, mm-hmm. and I didn't go kicking and screaming to see it, but it was like, yeah, you're like, yeah, why are we see. doing this? And <laughs> I see what they did with it, and I went, that's yeah, that's a way to do that. Like I said, you said it a while ago. I mean, this movie feels different from what we have now, and it makes you miss those kind of movies. I feel like we don't have anything that's similar in that way. I don't know. It just, yeah. I don't feel like people are having fun. <laughs> Yeah. So it just before we before we wrap this up, uh, we went through the list of directors at the beginning of this that that passed on it or just didn't work out. Uh, who do we have? Clive Barker, Romero. Wes Craven, George Romero, Joe Dante, uh, Mick Garris was was another one. Was there any one of them? And it's okay to say all of them um, <laughs> in particular that stuck out that maybe you would have wanted mm. to see a, a more straight horror take on it. I think the Clive Barker. Would have been really interesting because yeah. he wanted to do more of like a supernatural romance, kind of like a Hellraiser type thing with it. Uh, Wes, of course, anytime. I mean, Wes, Romero would have been pretty cool. Uh, all I mean, of, all Joe of. Dante. <laughs> Joe Dante wanted to put Daniel Day Lewis. That's what he was looking at. Like, let's cast, you know, yeah. this kind of pedigree actor in this mm-hmm. and, and do this really tragic love story with it. And, I, and so, I mean, all of them had a take yeah. on it. And uh, I don't know. It's alternative, uh, alternate universe. You know, they're, they're, those movies are are out there. So. so, West, did he have an idea at all, or he just he straight turned it down? I was like, I'm not interested in doing that. I feel like he would have pulled it. I feel like he would have done something like we always say, like with Nightmare, and there's always this deeper meaning. I feel like he would yeah, have. I think he would have. Feel too. like he would have done something yeah. like that with it. All those guys, I think, would have done no something. Just no problem at all. Done something really <laughs> unique, but uh, yeah. yeah, it's just it, hey, what I could have, have been. No problem. What we what, I don't what we got. I don't either. Yeah. I don't think we're going to be saying that when we talk about the 2017 film. I'll try to be nice. I'm going to try to be nice, too. All right. We're going to take a very short pause. I am Dan. And I am Dan. And we will see you on the other side. by mildew stains and soap scum. Terminate them with Tilex Instant Mildew Stain Remover. Spray Tilex on mildew stains and they vanish with no scrubbing. Spray Tilex on soap scum, then wipe it out of existence. Terminate mildew stains and soap scum with Tilex. All right, Faith, I see we have someone on the phone to answer our trivia question. We do. His name is Dale Gribble, and he's an exterminator from Arlen, Texas. All right, Dale from Arlen, Texas. Who was Brendan Fraser's co-star in his first leading role in Encino Man? Holly Shore, 1992, cool classic. That is correct. Tell him what he won, Faith. Not a thing. That's what's in our budget. How do you feel about that, Dale? I've never felt so alive. Stay tuned for the trailer from 2017's The Mummy. We will see you on the other side. You have no idea what you have unleashed. What the hell?
How did you get out of that plane? There's not a single scratch on your body. You are alive because you were cursed. Cursed? By what? The ultimate evil. Welcome to a new world of gods and monsters. You saw that, right? <laughs> she did something to me. The very essence of evil calls to you now. Faith, isn't this how it always happens? Marvel Studios creates a shared cinematic universe, the likes of which have not been seen ever in the history of movies. So while DC Comics and Star Wars are trying to do the same thing, you decide to take all those classic creatures you made movies about in the 30s and 40s out of mothballs and create your own cinematic universe called the Dark Universe. Because really, you kind of did it first before Marvel when you were making all those movies about those classic creatures in the 30s and 40s. That literally happened to me this morning. Me too. Must be something going around. 2017's The Mummy, directed by Star Trek and Transformers scribe Alex Kurtzman from a script by David Kep, Christopher McQuarrie, and Dylan Cussman, was supposed to do exactly that, establish the dark universe for Universal Studios. While there is some debate as to whether or not 2014's Dracula Untold is actually the first film in the series, The Mummy, starring Tom Cruise as Soldier of Fortune Nick Morton, was supposed to be the coming out party. They even have a Dark Universe logo before the movie and everything, so you know it's serious. Take that, Dracula Untold. Yeah, suck it. Nice vampire joke, Faith. The Dark Universe would introduce modern movie audiences to all of the classic creatures. Johnny Depp was on deck to play the Invisible Man. Javier Bardem, I like saying that name, Javier Bardem, was going to play Frankenstein's monster. Angelina Jolie was tapped to play his bride. And remakes of Creature from the Black Lagoon and the Wolfman were also scheduled, all leading to one big monster rally a la Marvel's The Avengers or House of Frankenstein. It was all to start here, but it was, unfortunately, DOA. Cruz's Nick Morton, along with his partner in Soldier of Fortuning Vale, played by Jake Johnson, come across the tomb of Sophia Boutella's Amanet, an Egyptian princess erased from history. I wonder why. Ooh, maybe we'll find out. The main action of the film takes place in London, where Cruz is pursued by the mummy and is introduced to the world of... Prodigium, a secret society that hunts supernatural threats. Cruz's love interest, archaeologist Jenny Halsey, played by Annabelle Wallace, is a member, and the group is headed by Dr. Henry Jekyll, played here by Oscar winner Russell Crowe. Oh my God, it's Russell Crowe. <laughs> if the Dark Universe had been a success, Crowe would have been the series' Nick Fury character, appearing in the majority of the films, as Samuel L. Jackson does in the Marvel Universe. Alas, it was not to be. Featuring a score by Brian Tyler, The Mummy opened on June 9th, 2017 and received negative reviews from critics and middle-of-the-road reviews from audiences currently holding a 16% on Rotten Tomatoes. It lost money for the studio and future plans for the Dark Universe were scrapped, although Universal has been remaking their classic catalog most recently, The Invisible Man in 2020, the year that wasn't and shall never be spoken of again. <laughs> with a Wolfman remake also on the schedule. Once again, we are scoring The Mummy in the following categories. Overall film, heroic hieroglyphics, malicious mummification, and scary scarabs. In lieu of stars, Faith, what are we awarding it? 
red-hot pokers that you pull through your brains, out through your nose. I don't know what I just said because I'm so excited about it. <laughs> she has that look on her face. She's really excited to talk about this I'm movie. so excited. So with that said, Faith, <laughs> what did you think of The Mummy? And how many of those red-hot poker nose brain pull brain thingies thing. out did you <laughs> award it? Oh, okay. Well, I went 1.5 for this movie. 1.5, all right. Yeah, it just did not really pull me in like ever. I'm sorry to say that. No, it's it's there are some decent moments. Um I uh, went two on it. So we're kind of close. We're, we're right on it together. Let me ask you this before we get into it. What okay. did you like about the movie? <laughs> I mean, I I liked when the Dr. Jekyll stuff started coming in. I liked I liked some of the action stuff, but it just kind of felt like another Tom Cruise action movie to me. When this movie was announced, I was so excited about it. I, when this movie was announced as part of this dark universe thing, I was so elated about it. Because if you follow this show for any length of time, and I'm sure all of you out there, if you're listening to this show, you're a horror home like the two of us. I love the Universal Monsters. They were my gateway into the world of horror. They're still the gold standard by which I judge right. horror films. I mean, the great classic names that come out of those series. Boris, Bella, Lon Chaney Jr., right. you know, uh, Elsa Lanchester, these great movies, great performances, great personalities, great uh, makeup. Yeah, these creatures are gruesome and warm and cuddly and inviting all at the same time, exactly. right? It's, uh, Claude Rains is the invisible man, you know, no, no. all these wonderful things. And I was so excited that they were going to do this, mm-hmm. that, okay, well, this, it made complete and total sense to me. And why not? Because the Marvel thing's rocking at this point. Why not reclaim your title? Mm-hmm. You did it first. Universal did it first. Right. Right. And the names they had attached. I, I just read the names. Those are some really talented, wonderful names. Mm-hmm. And out of the gate, let's talk about the Dark Universe first before we get into this movie. Mm-hmm. I think they screwed up redoing The Mummy first mm-hmm. because you just had a successful movie less than 20 years earlier. And you had a sequel to that movie less than 10 years before this movie came out. What I think they should have done was The Creature from the Black Lagoon because there has not really been a remake of Creature from the Black Lagoon. Let's go back a little. You remember when we did American Werewolf in London, we talked about Landis wanted to do a Creature from the Black Lagoon Mm -hmm. remake. And I I think I'm on record as saying, boy, that would have been something. Right. Could you imagine (laughs) an American Werewolf in London done up? You know, uh, a creature done up like American Werewolf. So let me play a little what if here. So Mm -hmm. I think that should have been the first movie. Agreed. Do you know how I would have done that movie? How? It would have been Predator Mm -hmm. with the creature from the Black Lagoon. Yes. It would have been Predator by way of like Romeo and Juliet. And I know that movie would have worked because that Shape of Water movie that came out got all the accolades when (laughs) when it came out. It wasn't Predator per se, but you know the. But I think I think that should have been the way. That way, you're not relying on star power. You're relying on a monster, and mm-hmm. you're introducing the world back in these monsters. And you, then you can get into the whole world. You know, you can do it like Raiders of the Lost Ark, and then at the end, you realize there's a warehouse full of this stuff. Yep. You know, it's very smart. I like that's, that a lot. Of that's really... not what happened. That's not. That's what not happened. what happened here. And so they went with the mummy, and God bless him. I love Tom Cruise. I'm on record as being a Tom Cruise fan. Mm-hmm. And reports are that he got really involved in the production and everything of this. I'm not an Alex Kurtzman fan, and apparently he walked all over Alex Kurtzman. This was Kurtzman's second directorial effort. And, yeah, he probably did walk all over him because Tom Cru- the movie that we got with the stuff in it, Tom Cruise knows how to make this movie. This is, this is Mission Impossible, The Mummy. You know? <laughs> Literally. It really is. Really and is. Um, so I think a lot of stuff went wrong and i'm not gonna put it on tom cruise because he's on record as loving the universal movies and mm-hmm. they let him make this movie and right. and, I, and I, there are some things in here that i really like i like what they were doing with establishing the universe with the prodigium stuff mm-hmm. i think they forgot to make a kick-ass movie around because it, it. it does feel like a tom cruise movie and and i love tom cruise movies when you get into that stuff it doesn't feel like it belongs in this movie at all it doesn't connect whatsoever to me like it just i don't know it feels like there's this missing link between yeah. what's happening and i don't know it just it never really like pulled me in where i was 
blown away. And by. go back, go back to 2008's Iron Man. You don't realize that it's part of a big universe, mm-hmm. you know. And a lot of people left the theater before the uh, end credits were you introduced to Nick Fury, mm-hmm. played by Sam Jackson. So they were, I think, they were trying to do a little too much, right? Too soon. Mm-hmm. But my favorite stuff in the movie is the Prodigium stuff, where you get the hints that there's this right. universe out there. And the Russell Crowe stuff was really, really, really great. And uh, my biggest problem narratively with this movie is he tells you the story at the beginning. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And then they tell you the story again 20 minutes later. Mm -hmm. And they're showing you most of the same stuff. Right. And I feel like just some of it was was just so much overkill. Mm -hmm. I also feel like the movie is aping a lot from American Werewolf in London. It's There are like better horror movies that this movie is trying, is, is like, imitating yeah mimicking and it doesn't feel like it has its own identity exactly yeah again it felt like a tom cruise (laughs) action and he's a guy who very rarely has let me down and it was like it fails as like a tom cruise action flick and it fails as like a horror flick and it fails as a universal monster movie (laughs) which is amazing because you got these three things you're aiming for you think you'd hit one One. of them right (laughs) but no so what else was there anything else about the movie that just completely like floored you as far as like not really let me let me say this i was a little kinder to the movie this time around uh the first time i saw the movie it it really made me angry because i was like what is because i had expectations going in tom cruise there's an expectation with tom cruise there's and he's done horror he did interview with the vampire and he's very good in that uh there's an expectation with him there's an expectation with the universal monsters okay and it i just it like there's a lot writing on this movie and, and i it just lost me it just lost me yeah uh let me go back to what i said about creature if you do have to have a personality why didn't you remake the invisible man which they've done hollow man and kind of pseudo remakes mm-hmm. of they've never done the invisible man like universal did one you know but creature still would have been the best way to go I agree. Predator. I'm telling you, do Predator with the creature from the Black Lagoon. <laughs> it's so smart. And um, but uh, it it made me just angry, and so I was really not looking forward to watching it again. <laughs> and for the first thirty minutes, because I knew what to expect this time, I actually kind of enjoyed the first thirty minutes. And I remember I texted you. I was like, I'm really liking this movie so far. I don't know. What yeah, I think you. I think your exact words were like. I don't really know why I hated this movie the first time around. And and like, once it gets to London, I went, oh, yeah. You're like, yeah, I remember. Now I remember why I hate this. Look, I mean, I didn't care for it that so much. You rented it. By the time that I got to watch it, there were 80 minutes left, and I was trying to get through it. Yeah. I didn't even want to rent it myself. I just recorded it and watched it. There you go. And the next morning, because I'm like, no. There you go. Can't yeah, it for it, it's, the last it's not even one of those things that's a misfire that's interesting. It's just, it really makes you go, why? why? Well, you know why they did it. They were trying to do the Marvel Avengers thing. And um, this is just not a good starting point. It's not a good starting yeah. point at all. No. Yeah. This doesn't no. make uh, you want that even to happen anymore. So let's go uh, next category heroic hieroglyphics. How did you, uh, how'd you score that? I mean, I went to here. I was a little nicer than the first category because it. I mean, I love Tom Cruise too. I'm a Tom Cruise fan. I went two five. I went two five because uh, the first thirty minutes of this movie really do carry a lot of this for me because yes. he is so there and funny. Yeah. And, and then witty. He, but and, he kind of just drops off at some yeah, point. Yeah, and he's funny and uh-huh. witty. And it, it doesn't feel he's, forced. Yeah. And the humor is. is he's TC. In the he's TC. He's he's TC. Yeah. <laughs> Does it stand for Tom Cruise or Top Cat? Well, a little bit of both. And he's it's na- he's nailing like the tone of what he is doing, and it's the yeah. classic Tom Cruise character arc. He starts off as a bastard, and then he becomes selfless by the end of the movie, which is what happens here, right? And and then uh, I think the thing is, it needed to be a little more dramatic because the guy is really undergoing some things here. It needed it. It's following American Werewolf in London without any of the pathos mm-hmm. of it. So my notes for it. I put, I didn't have the same feeling as the 99 mummy where I'm like, oh, I don't want anything bad to happen to these people. I'm like, I just don't really care. And the Jennifer character just doesn't do it for me. Like, there's not. She shows up. She's attractive to catch your eye. And she shows up and gives you information that you need. And then she's 
uh, put in a position where she needs to be rescued or does a little bit of rescuing yeah, or just, just stands there looking pretty with her but, long legs. That's <laughs> it. There's no like. Yeah. Also gave it two five because Russell Crowe is awesome. Yeah. I true. really, I really enjoy Russell. Really? Maybe they should have done the Russell Crowe movie. I, I don't. Yeah. I don't know. What a wonderful choice though for the Dr. Jekyll character. And I liked when the Hyde comes out and I'm putting him here in the heroic thing because he's, he's kind of our one of our gatekeepers here. Um, but yeah, man, it, what do you think of Jake Johnson as Vale? I liked his chemistry with Tom Cruise. Yeah, I did like him. And, uh, I liked what they were doing. I, I did like that they were doing the American werewolf thing where he's seeing him and. I was too, but then it just kind of felt like. It didn't serve much of a purpose. Exactly. It's yeah. just kind of there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, that's just, that's how I feel like the whole movie was. Just, a lot of stuff is just, just. A lot of stuff. It's just, just there. In this, a lot yeah. of stuff is just it there. Didn't, it didn't grasp me. It didn't come together. And let me say this. It's very rare on this show that we we knock on movies. you know. And let me say this, though. What, what kills me about knocking on this, I just said, I'm a Tom Cruise fan. I do. I, I, I like TC. Uh, you have some of the best craftspeople. I mean, the best talent in Hollywood is working on this movie. Mm-hmm. And this is what comes out. And I don't know who you blame for that. I really don't. Uh, it doesn't matter. But... So you got great people working on it. This movie does look great. Like there, yeah. I mean, there is, I mean, the production on this is wonderful. You can't fault anybody who worked on the movie. It just didn't come out like I think anybody wanted it right. to come out. So yeah, I don't. I mean, maybe too many ideas or too many hands on. I don't know. You never, I don't know. Yeah. So <laughs> all right, our next category: malicious mummification. Sophia Butella uh, is most famous for the Kingsman movie and Star Trek Beyond. She was in that. She was also in a film called atomic blonde uh she is an actress dancer and model and she plays our female mummy here i think it's the first time that we've had uh, a female mummy mm-hmm. on screen how did you score the malicious mummification category i went 1.5 here because it just doesn't feel like a mummy movie <laughs> can i say what this reminds me of yeah like i'm watching a zombie movie for some reason it doesn't what's really popular at the time this is out what's really popular like i feel like i was watching walking dead is out or you have the ambulance scene reminding me of like return of the living dead like it just has this kind of more zombie feel than mummy and i just didn't they weren't terrifying like i Uh, didn't feel like there was a i went to i just didn't feel like there was like an overall threat Mm mm-hmm and then you get into that moment where you're they're in the city and she's kind of taken over and I just felt like it looked like the Avengers or something yeah. where they're downtown. Yeah. And it just Yeah. It's just this yeah. the setting to oh, you know, where they were. Just it didn't it didn't I went to I'll tell you why I went to. Okay. I like the way that she moved and you could yeah. see the dance influence yeah. on on this and I like the way that she moved. Mm-hmm. I love the way that her eyes looked. Yeah, and not um, before they split. Yeah, I didn't just like this. I didn't like this. The way that her eyes looked. Um, I like the makeup. I like the the uh, cadaverous look, the kind of white look with mm-hmm. the hieroglyphics on her body. Yeah, uh, the makeup job was great. The way she moved. Um, there were parts where she does kind of feel like a threat. I liked her in silhouette when you see her a few times, but that's about it. So it's the technical side of things. I don't like the function she has in the story. I don't, no. you know, she didn't even really become a mummy at first. She's making this deal with the devil, with Set, the god of the dad, and then Tom Cruise is going to become Set. And I feel like that's all muddled. Yeah. And I know that she's angry because she lost her kingdom. But Karloff has a, uh, in 32, has an arc where he's looking for thinks he's found the reincarnation of Anaximan. What exactly is her goal? Exactly. What exactly is her goal? <laughs> Arnold Vosloo is coming. His goal for half of the 99 film is to uh, become whole again. And right. then he sees, and then, you know, he sees her, uh, Rachel Weiss, And then, so then we're on to the, to the next, he wants to, you know, bring his yeah, love back. Yeah, use her for a purpose. Yes. What is, I don't know What's what her, purpose? what her purpose is here. I, and I, I and, uh, I will say this though: some of the cool stuff, like the Mercury stuff, was really cool. Where they mm-hmm. had her like, uh, and when they had her uh, chained up, 
in, yeah. in Prodigium. I love that look. Uh, I loved, uh, the, again, it comes to the way that she was moving. Mm-hmm. She, you know, there's a lot of great movement. It almost would have been better if it was a silent performance, I think. And uh, I agree. Yeah, I feel like she talked too much. I feel like. Yeah. It is. Yeah. She wanted to bring in set. I, 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 it, it was all very, very muddled, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, the motivation didn't work for the character. No. You know, and then Tom Cruise, uh, you know, is uh, under her spell and all this stuff. I will say this best scene in the movie, I think, hands down, is the airplane crash mm-hmm. scene. And when the birds, the crows, it was, was it crows or ravens, whatever it was, show up, yeah, when they start it. hitting the plane, that was a wonderful scene. And, yeah, it, it was. And the way the birds, she had birds around her was really neat. Mm-hmm. Um, motivation just wasn't, it just, characterization, it's, right. it's weird. Like the characterization was there, but the motivation wasn't. It was just. I'll throw it off, and I, and I don't want to fault her. I feel like she was there. Yeah, I feel like she showed up and did what she was asked to do. I don't think that was her her problem. I feel like, like we, like we said, there was no real... I feel like her story just wasn't, wasn't told. Yeah. There, there was no full motivation, you know? It just it was a little lost. Yeah. So, yeah... It, I mean, like with everything in this movie, a wasted opportunity. <laughs> All right, our final category: scary scarabs. Faith. What'd you give? How, it? No, you get the. Oh, honor. I get. You get the honor here. Okay, <laughs> I went one. I went two. Uh, okay. I'll say that one thing I do like about this movie a little bit more than the '99 film. There are times that this feels like it's trying to be a horror film and there was some kind of atmospheric things and there was some fog and shadows and and but things that make it a horror and film? things of that nature. I said it feels like it's trying to be a horror <laughs> I film. Know. I didn't say it is a horror film. But um no, there were a couple moments um where Crow was fighting Tom Cruise and he grabbed his rib up under his rib and that really made me wince and and was not pleasant right. for me. Uh, there was uh, some of the bug stuff, you know, was was nice, and uh, the crow again, the crows and the and the plane crash. The plane crash was pretty terrifying, really. It was. It was really terrifying. I thought that was really well done, and maybe the scariest thing in the movie because it's it was really so real. And what really sold that for me was the shot of him leaning on that thing as it goes down, and you it, see it go down. And then I thought he that knows was, what's about to happen. Yeah, and I thought that was really well done. Yeah, that, that um, might have been the best shot, the best. Yeah, that's a yeah. really good one. There was some really nice stuff with her, like when they were in the sewers and you see her in shadow and all that. And again, I feel like some atmosphere was attempting, they were attempting to establish some kind of horrific atmosphere, but it just didn't land. Yeah. But it does look great. Uh, so I'm going to give it two just because there's not much in this that I really like. Yeah, I just went one because it just doesn't. There are like you said, there are some moments with the atmosphere, but I don't feel like it ties in with that with the rest of it. So yeah. it just kind of got lost, and it just I don't know. It, with that said, there's a there's a point I want to make about the '99 film that I didn't make. We were talking about shadows. So much of that movie in the '99, the horror is told through shadows on the wall, like mm-hmm. the horrific stuff. And I think it, it really effective and made me not wince, but go, Ooh, a little you know, uncomfortable, yeah. yeah, uncomfortable. And you see, and it plays out on the wall. And mm-hmm. so your imagination is doing a lot of the work. And right. I thought that was really well done. And here it just, again, like so much of this movie, it's just there, mm-hmm. you know, not serving any purpose. Right. Yeah. You know, I got more excited when he's walking in the hallway of prodigium when they're in the little Annie chamber and you see the, uh, the hand of the creature from the Black Lagoon and the skull of uh, a vampire, and then I noticed they had the Frank, uh, f- like a Frankenstein style skull. So, and that's something like the stuff that's really intriguing me is stuff from other movies, either from the 30s and 40s or movies we haven't seen yet. Yeah, because even that stuff's not even horrific in the film to me. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like it's just okay. If we would have had more of that and they would have played more on that, I think it would have been so much cooler. But right, like we said, missed opportunity. Just missed opportunity. Yeah, and I think it really, and and the lack of scare is one of the things that really upset me because this movie wasn't working for me the first time I saw it as an action film or like a Tom Cruise movie, and then it just wasn't scary. Yeah, if we had a literal, if we had an intentional threat, and we can follow through it, follow with it through the movie, it would have been way more creepier, I think. But I just feel like there was never. 
a major threat that you're worrying about. It's just like, okay. And they want to bring set into the world, and, and we're not exactly sure why that's a bad thing. I mean, I know yeah. that, like, you know, oh, he's a god of death. Okay, so that's bad. But it just, it, it doesn't really. It, Nothing connects for it me. It doesn't work. No. doesn't work. And it's a shame that it doesn't work because it, it should work. It really is a shame. Yeah, I wish I wish it had worked. Me too. I do. Because that would have been so cool to see all of those, you know. Leading towards the big monster yeah. rally. Yeah. Yeah. A modern monster rally with those names, some of those names on there. Let me ask you this. We went through that list. Uh, any in particular that you that you're like, man, I, I would have liked to have seen that. Mm. Let me say this. Dracula Untold, the movie we need to do on this show in the, in the I future. I haven't seen that one. I liked it. I, I did. I enjoyed it. It's not a great, I don't think it's a great movie, but I, I really enjoyed it. Um, so is, is that first? I don't know. I right. don't know. But this is, as we said, the coming out party. They've even got the logo. So, you know, it's serious. <laughs> um, was there any that you would have uh, liked, liked to have seen? I don't even know how I'd feel as Johnny Depp as the Invisible Man. Yeah. I'm trying to picture that. I mean, I, I really I think for me, the creature remake is is something that we're still waiting on. And I think yeah. is kind of like robbed of that i think bit. it would be a, I, I, i'm okay with them remaking horror i'm okay with that for the most part mm-hmm. and uh that's one i think would be be neat to see and again predator predator with the creature from the black again yeah you can make it you can make it really terrifying and you know that it would look great because even 30 some odd years ago the gill man in the monster squad was fabulous looking. so you know they could do some amazing stuff with that these days it's cr- it's really crazy nobody's has no, nobody's done that I mean, I know it's been an idea, I'm, you know. Yeah. So, what a misfire. What a, what a disappointment. <laughs> what a dis- Are you? Oh, final question. Mm-hmm. Are you more disappointed that this movie just bit the big one, or are you more disappointed that we don't get, you know, the the monsters kind of back in 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 the public consciousness? Yeah, I think I think that we don't get them. Back. I'm I'm more upset that we don't get the dark. We didn't get the dark universe because it really would have been cool. I mean. What a great! I remember when they announced that because it's a whole shared universe thing mm-hmm. was you know all the rage. And I remember they announced it, and I went, "Oh, good." <laughs> of course, nothing's going to top those original movies. I mean, come on! But it'd be fun just to see them again, just to see what people would do with them, and you know, bring them back. To anything life. that raises interest in those movies is a good thing in my book because yeah. you get people interested in those movies. You never know; it might lead toward an interest in older films mm-hmm. and classic horror and, and horror in general you know and i yeah that it really excited me it was it was heartbreaking for me when this when this happened man <laughs> so i couldn't even imagine the first time you watched it. oh my gosh i was i mean uh, i was so i was like did you watch like as soon as it came out or i saw it on video because it it, it did so little at the it really didn't mm-hmm. do well at the box office and you started hearing all these things i was like well, i don't want to waste money i'll wait right. the Two weeks for it to be at the red box and uh, yeah it was in it came to red box and i got it and i was like this can't be that bad you know and and i watched it and i was like oh this isn't good <laughs> this isn't good again all the things you named earlier it's shocking that nothing you know yeah came out of it's good <laughs> so my final thought best thing in the movie is the plane crash sequence i think that's really 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 well done yeah. and uh i'm gonna go russell crowe yeah. Russell Crowe is Dr. Jekyll, and when he turns into Mr. Hyde, is pretty terrifying, really. Yeah. Pretty terrifying. Yeah. So, it's good stuff. Yeah. Wish we had more of that. Of course. So, all right. We are going to take a very short break. This is a news break, so be sure to stay tuned for all of the fake news not fit to print. I am Dan. And I am Faith. And we'll see you on the other side. man wayne wheeler recently cut a fart that ripped a hole in the space-time continuum that's right faith wheeler was at a family barbecue when the fart was cut 
Scientists attribute the paradigm-shattering rip to a combination of burgers, hot dogs, spare ribs, bacon-wrapped shrimp, and a stout beer, as well as a flaxseed peel pill Wheeler takes to keep his cholesterol down. Wheeler says the fart left his body with such power that his back cracked as it exited his anus. Wheeler's wife, Wendy, backs up his claim, saying that she heard two cracks, the crack of air leaving her husband's anus and then the crack of his back. Scientists are feverishly trying to understand how this happened and are also at work trying to reproduce the results in a laboratory setting. When asked what he would do if he could go back in time, Wayne Wheeler says he would have made jalapeno cornbread for the family barbecue. Wendy Wheeler says she would go back to a point in time in which she had not smelled the unholy awfulness that came out of her husband. That is the news. Stay tuned for our final scores and a preview of next week's show. We'll see you on the other side. back to the late night fright right here on wkmf cozy corner public radio i am dan and i am faith all right we have some scores for the 1999 mummy what did that total out to faith 2.8 it's pretty fair the 99 film yes okay that's about right yeah that's good we'll, we'll round that up to three three we'll round it up to three. yeah we'll go three and uh, I'm almost afraid to ask, how did the 2017 film fare? That was at 1.75. That's about right. <laughs> Just kind of say it one more time. What a disappointment. What a disappointment. What a disappointment. <laughs> Not disappointed tonight. Dale Gribble, exterminator from Arlen, Texas. Congratulations, Dale, for getting the trivia question correct. And winning nothing. <laughs> it's in our budget, Faith. It's in our budget. All right. Thank you so much for letting us drone on a little bit in your ears for about an hour or so. Uh, it's like we say here on the show, talking about movies is fun. Talking about movies with a friend is fun. That's part of our mission here. Our goal is we just want you to get a conversation going. And we like old horror movies, newer horror movies, but like horror movies. Uh-huh. And Hope that you get that conversation going with yourself and with others. So thank yes. you again for letting us drone on for a little while. And we're going to continue droning on in your ears. I think we have a good rest of the month coming up. Yeah, I think so. So next week, we are going to take a look at a new film. We, we don't really do those too much here on the show. It's rare. And uh, it's a new film that neither of us have seen. So it's the first time watch as well. That is uh, 2020's Freaky, starring Vince Vaughn mm-hmm. and Catherine Newton. It's a... It's a riff on Freaky Friday. Uh, serial killer switches bodies with a teenage girl. I'm really looking forward to this. I've heard some <laughs> really great too. things about it. And Vince Vaughn, I love Vince. And I, I understand him. he's really wonderful playing a teenage girl. So uh, <laughs> we'll have to see. If he's as good as Jamie Lee Curtis playing a teenager in the uh, Freaky Friday from 20 or so years ago, should be good. Yes. So. <laughs> the week after that, we are going to have real classic absolute classic 1979's alien Uh from director ridley scott the film that made sigourney weaver a star it's a great creature feature so looking forward to that and we're doing that for a reason because the week after that we've got the battle royale got the battle royale march is women's history month it is yes we got we got two (laughs) strong ladies going to be going going at it in our little dojo here Week after that, we are going to pit Sigourney Weaver against Linda Hamilton. We are going to be doing Aliens and Terminator 2 Judgment Day as a double feature. I am really looking forward to this. I am too. Really looking forward to it. And uh, we're going we're gonna to see <laughs> which woman is more womaner. <laughs> should be fun, though. It should, should be. should be a lot of fun. <laughs> Thank you all again. We hope you're happy. We hope you're healthy. We hope you're safe. We hope you're taking your vitamins. There you go. So if you'd like to get in touch with us, you can at late night fright podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from any and all of you. So good show tonight, Faith. Very good show. Fun. Thank you all for tuning in. Does it feel like it's that time? I think it, it feels, feels like, it. like it's that time. Congratulations again, Dale Gribble, exterminator 
from Arlen, Texas. Enjoy your nothing. <laughs> All right, here we go. On the count of three, Faith, let's see if we can make the music start. One, two, three. There it is. Time to say goodbye. Time to say goodbye. Or you could say, wrap it up. Har <laughs> Since we did. Yeah, we didn't make one rap joke tonight. I know. What's wrong with us? It's maturity. Yes. It's maturity. <laughs> All right. Be sure to tune in next week for Freaky from 2020 with Catherine Newton and Vince Vaughn. Then we got Alien from 79. And then the big battle royale, Aliens and Terminator 2. Who's more womaner? <laughs> Here it is. Thank you all again for tuning in. Faith, take us home. May your coffin be cozy and your sarcophagus warm. May the light of the moon keep you safe from harm. Be you vampire, spook, specter, or beast. Always remember, keep keep your your monster monster on a leash. leash. Congratulations, Dale. We'll see you on the other side.